0: Right, value Nation Nation, do we have a good one for you today. You're going to want to call your friends. You're going to want to share the link. You're going to want to listen. You're going to want to take notes. You're going to want to remember this one. This one's relevant for you. We're not talking about appraisals and mortgages. We are talking about what you want to know, buying houses right now in today's markets. Do you know a friend? I want to buy a house, but rates are too high. I want to buy a house, but home prices are too high. The news says it's a terrible time. Where do I even start? We are here to answer all those questions today. We got a special guest, the man out there, boots to the ground, driving probably two hundred miles a day, serving the people, helping them find their houses. Mister Nathan, Nate Dog, Sugar Bear, Nathaniel Priest. Welcome, sir. Welcome, sir. What What an intro! That was right, man. Feeling good about. I'm feeling good about that one. I really. Really get into the intro. That, uh, that couldn't enjoy. have been
1: off the cuff. You had to have jotted down some notes for that one.
0: There's just there's just four little notes. That's it. He's posted. Hey, hey, yo, it counts. Super professional. That's clutch. <laughs> clutch. I love it. <laughs> Mr. Nathan Priest. All right, man. So um, realtor here in the uh, Kansas City area, welcome to the show. Glad you're on. Thanks um, for having me. We're going to dive right in, man. Dive right in. People want to know what's actually going on in today's market. So let's just dive into it. How long you've been doing this? Um, take us through maybe like a quick little timeline of your your real estate career and your journey and where you are now and what's going on now. Yeah. So
2: my senior year of college is when I got my real estate license and never never looked back. And that was in basically 2003s when I became licensed. So right at 20 years in the business and uh, came out of the gate, really doing pretty amazing. And then 2008 happened and there was a lot of <laughs> A lot of uh, reality checks and uh, hard decisions that had to get made along the way, but then kind of came out of it and grabbed market share, came out the backside pretty, pretty strong. So 20 years in real estate, got the start by some guy saying, hey, I want you to sell
1: new homes for me. So I was like, okay, let's do it.
2: <laughs>
1: Figure it out as we go. huh? Yeah. How long have you, been, have you always been with the same shop or did you guys did you bounce around a little bit? No.
2: So, um, I was working at Sherwin Williams paint stores, my senior year of college. And there was a developer who would always come in and I'd help him out all the time. And he's just was like, you need to come work for me. And he was with a Coldwell banker. And, uh, you know, I told my wife about it and she signed me up for online courses at the time. I think we still had like the dial up internet in the yeah. online course. old it was, AOL dial up. Yeah, exactly. so Um, but, uh, Three weeks later, I was licensed after that. And uh, he got the development going, sold a few houses. And then I don't know if Mike knows the name, Bill Baird. He started a company called Infinity Realty. He's now the mayor of Lee Summit. And uh, I was kind of friends with him through my brother. And so he's like, hey, I want you to come out here. We got some new home developments we're working on. So literally six months into my license, you know, having my real estate license. I switched companies from Colo Banker to a company called Infinity Realty. And uh, we started several new developments. That's what brought me to Raymore in 2005. That's where Mike and I met. But uh, in 2005, came out of the gates having fun. And then 2007, sales started sucking. And then everything went down the tubes. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so... uh, During that time, that that consumed Infinity Realty. In about 2010, I started talking with Lonnie Granson, and uh, and we kind of joined forces at Keller Williams in
1: 2011.
2: And uh, did Lonnie and I, you know, ran through Cass County pretty good there for about four or five years. And then uh, I guess it was 2017, 2018 is when I started S P P Real Estate, and still still a uh, part of Keller Williams that Keller Williams is great. The education, people coming out of the gate. If you want to know how to get started, Keller Williams is the place to be. If you want to grow a big business, Keller Williams is the place
1: to be as well. So seen it, seen some people out there on the what we were talking about earlier out on social media, flaunting their Keller Williams logo, you know, specialized logos and stuff like that. Yeah, I gotta you guys go are to the laundry
2: logo, the land yeah. logo. I just I'm not good at the the flaunting stuff. I, I'm more like to connect with people and figure out what I can do to help people achieve their goals. And uh, hopefully they'll see that if they're talking with somebody who knows what they're, knows what they're doing, and will help them achieve their goals.
1: Hopefully. So, but you, you started with a builder. So did you kind of enjoy that part? Like, do you still like the ground up construction for business or do you now dabble in a little bit of everything? I mean, I guess you kind of have to, right?
2: Yeah, uh, you do. Like, so I, I ran, I think four,
1: new home developments throughout my
2: career and uh i did a lot of that work on my own um and uh those those are very time consuming and so if you want weekends uh for golf or family new home subdivisions is a hard thing to run so i kind of got away from the new home construction stuff i personally we built a few houses um on a speculative basis i would never do a custom build job for me because because building a building a spec house you can kind of move forward move fast and not wait for decisions number one and then number two uh like i've built a couple of houses last year when lumber prices went nuts. So, like a you know a four by eight sheet of plywood went from twelve dollars to eighty dollars and uh of course, that's what I'm building. But uh, yes. but if if you would have been building a house for a custom build job and didn't have a clause in there, you already got a set price, and your lumber bill comes in forty thousand high. There goes all your profit. So I'm really glad I didn't do any custom, and I was able to set the price once all the all the construction was complete. And so yeah, but ground up takes a long time. Um, you know, six to nine months till you get paid as a realtor. It, it's not for that's everybody. That's rough. Yeah, that's that's not for everybody. Yeah. But but if you have them stacked and you got them, once they start closing, they're nice, right? So you start a subdivision in January of 23, all of a sudden, you know, you're going to have a great Christmas. <laughs>
1: so,
2: <laughs> but but you better be selling some other stuff along the way.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. So, uh, you know, with the, the current housing market, you know, is the way it is, right? With the, the low inventory, the high interest rates. All the things we get slammed across the head every single day in our business, you know. From from your point of view, like what's the what are the biggest like hurdles or roadblocks that you you know you're facing, or you know how are you working around them with your with your borrowers? So in terms of uh,
2: representing, we'll start on the seller side, if you will. Um, The biggest roadblock I'm running into, and I think the term out there is, is a mortgage handcuff or handcuff mortgage. Where somebody's got a two percent, three percent rate, and uh, you know their house has gone up tremendously in value, and and they're in a position where they're ready to move up, they're like, "I can't give up this rate, (laughs) like it's going to cost me." And so we're calling that the mortgage handcuff, where sellers just like, "I'm not going to list my house because I can't replace it," and you know. uh, a four hundred and fifty thousand dollar house with principal interest, taxes, insurance, all that stuff is gonna run you about thirty five hundred bucks a month, right? And uh and so they're they're sitting there with their fifteen hundred dollar a month payment. And right. they have, yeah, they could sell it and probably make a hundred grand more than they ever expected. But uh that just goes to the down payment typically to try and you know get PMI gone or whatever the case may be. So yeah. the mortgage handcuffs probably the number one. Uh, problem for sellers getting off the off the bench. But at the same time, homes get listed every day. People gotta sell for whatever reason. So there's business out there to be had. And uh you just gotta, gotta put put your name out there and and
0: ask for a business. So so there there's something I've I've seen a guy on a video, I forget who it was explaining it this way. And I guess it would be more for a buyer who's hesitant, but also in that same scenario you just said, where you're, you are you have a house, you kind of want to sell and upgrade, go bigger. But that exact scenario you just said about the monthly payment going up. So let's use $400,000 for an example. I want you to tell me if this is accurate. So right now buying a house, $400,000, and you say, well, no, interest rates are too high. That monthly payment's too high. But let's say a year from now, a year and a half from now, interest rates normalized, drop down to maybe five and a half, five 5%, and you refi. The problem is the low inventory still isn't going away. So if rates do drop, that $400,000 house in a year and a half from now could possibly be selling for 460, 465 because- yeah, a sudden, you're that, absolutely 100% right. So, so you would have only paid 5,500, six grand more because of the high interest rate during that time period. So then you refi knock your payment down versus paying 60 grand more for that house a year and a half. So you've actually came out way ahead by buying now versus when everybody floods the market again, because all of a sudden rates are low. It's, it's 100% it
2: accurate. So so in that scenario, we'll, we'll take a step back just one. So I also do some real estate investing, have a little bit of a portfolio. And I've been investing since 2005, basically. And uh, the every time I look back, I don't even have to look back 10 years. Let's just say three years, five five years realistically. The only thing that I'm upset about is I didn't buy more property. That's it. Yeah. That's the only thing that makes me mad. Doesn't matter what, what's going on. Like in through 2008 through 2012, that's a four year span. I, I consider eight where the drop really started and 12 was kind of the floor and things started bouncing back up. If that's what you guys agree with. But but um, the properties I bought during that time were still some of the best properties in my portfolio. Right, <laughs> and it's like, why didn't I buy twenty more? <laughs> so yeah. yeah, so it's kind of to speak to that a little bit, Mike. In terms of if somebody chooses to wait, you don't get that time back. You just don't. Mm-hmm. That, that time's gone. And then, in my opinion, we got like a five-month window right now. Real estate has seasonality to it, right? School starts. Uh, people start uh, getting ready for Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. That run is just naturally a slower time in real estate. And so we're starting to see some price drops and things like that uh, that we weren't seeing 2 months ago. And obviously, what price point you're in plays a role. The lower the price point, the more competitive it is. And I'll touch on that here in a second. But if you can go and buy a house without having to go 10% over right now, and yeah, you're going to have a rate somewhere in the 7s. But what happens when that same house comes down to five percent the prices will go up it's all about monthly affordability 100 percent so and there's so many lenders out there that have really great refinance programs and 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 you know no cost refis and things like that they're they're setting themselves up because we all expect rates to kind of come down in the next I expect it maybe closer to the end of 24 but uh you know, let's call it twelve to eighteen months. We all expect rates to settle in the mid fives, low sixes, where it should be, right? So, those house prices are going to go up by ten percent because the cost to re- to build the new construction you can't you can't go buy a brand new house in our area, which is I'm mean, going to consider a pretty conservative area uh, price point wise, for yeah, less exactly. than four hundred grand. You know, a three yeah. bed, two bath, two car garage, split entry. That's 400 grand. If you're trying to buy something under 400, I'd be buying everything I could right now. You know, get something it be nice. new and nice. So. That, that house
1: that house in my neighborhood is like 750, 800 all day. And see, that's
2: what's hard about the real estate is just the market through, you know, coastal city versus, you know, middle of what people consider cow town. So.
1: <laughs> Best
0: barbecue you ever had, baby.
1: Best that's a barbecue good barbecue. <laughs> you're always claiming about the Kansas
0: City barbecue one of these days I gotta get there and try it I'm on out we could do we could do a live show here in Kansas City at Ooh. one of the barbecue places we'll we'll, we'll go to Ooh, yeah to, oh now like, we're thinking go to like Casey Joe's or Probably, probably Joe's yeah we're, we could hit a couple do a little a couple yeah.
1: I mean, oh, have, I like where this is going. Yeah, I'm hungry little,
0: now. A little barbecue marathon. Let's do it. So, so we kind of, we kind of just touched on it, but so, like, what advice do we have to people who are are wanting to buy but they're scared? How do we get people out there maybe to call their realtor that they know and say, hey? I want to pull the trigger, but I'm scared to do it. What do you, what do you like? Do? A, like somebody who doesn't
2: have a house currently, or somebody who has a house
0: and they're wanting to upgrade? Because that's that's a little bit of a different
2: conversation. But
0: I, I say someone that that's that's locked in rent right now, and you know rental rates have gone up across the country too. You know, first time homebuyers are way down, right? So what? How do we get you know the the younger millennial generation? You know, I'm on the very beginning of it. That millennial generation to become first time homebuyers.
1: Yeah, how do you get them out
0: of the basement of their parents' house? Well, be nice. Be nice. Well, well, there, you know, this,
2: it starts with number one the sooner you buy a house, the better. Like the, the time aspect is part of everything we do in life, not just real estate, but it's extremely important in real estate, in my opinion, because you just can't get any th- any of that time back. Right. And uh, going and buying a house is the number one thing. Well, there's all kinds of studies out there, like somebody's net worth who, has been a homeowner, the majority of your life is, you know, multiple six figures where a renter's net worth is usually like 20 grand or something like that. I, I can't remember all the studies, but you see that. And that's based on the equity of their home, you know? Yep. It's, it really is. So um, number one, if you if you have the any ambition of having a net worth, it's real estate's the quickest, easiest, most encouraged way, um, you know, if you're a younger buyer, you can sell it every two years and get tax-free capital gains, all that type of stuff, right? Um, so if you could get in your mind, I'm going to pay what it costs to get a house because I know it's the right decision for, for me and my potential family in the future if I'm already started a family. Interest rates, um, it's a couple hundred bucks a month more than maybe what you want. But you're going to look back and be like, what was a couple hundred bucks if it, it was almost irrelevant? Um, I'm old enough. My first house, I, back in the 80 20 days, that was a big deal. Get an 80% first, 20% second, and uh, get the seller to pick up five grand in closing costs. That's how I got my first house. Yeah. And so I think my first mortgage was 6.875. My second was almost nine, and it was irrelevant. I sold it in two years. Made about seventy-five grand,
0: parlayed it in the
2: next one. <laughs> yeah,
0: so that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it gets you in the game. Like people are so, <laughs> so scared to get in the game, but once you're in the game and you figure out, okay, maybe you have to make a sacrifice here, or there, cancel a Netflix account, or back off on the cable or something to be able to afford that a couple hundred a month, but two years down the road, you are going to be thanking yourself absolutely because you're gonna see like you said your equity how much the house is worth now compared to what it was when you bought it if you wanted to sell you could sell and move to something else and make a little money for a down payment on a nicer house it doesn't the first one's never usually your dream home that's your starter that's getting you in the game it's almost like buying stock and you know the first couple years of playing with the stock market is boring right but then all of a sudden you start seeing things tick 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 after you've been dumping money into, you're like okay okay i got something here it's the same thing with buying a house
2: same thing with buying a house, except for you got to live somewhere. And mom and dad's basement is not the coolest <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: place to be, typically. Nope. And putting <laughs> putting money in somebody else's pocket by paying rent every month is so. So what's, I don't I don't know what the
2: interest rate is. Do you guys know what the interest rate is for? Um, how much How much of that do you get back when you pay your rent? do You get anything back? No, that's a hundred percent interest.
1: You're gonna Maybe be paying to plan. live
2: somewhere. You're gonna be paying to live somewhere. Yeah. You have no tax shelter of any kind when you rent. Um, you know, if you make improvements to your house, you know, there's some tax strategies that you can do to improve your cash flow to help cover up that interest, just because the US government says, hey, we wanna encourage home ownership and we're gonna offer some tax incentives to do so. So if you're if you're strategic about it, you can kind of fight back. But you know. 100% interest when you're renting sounds way more expensive than a seven and a half percent house on a $300,000 house. And the payments really aren't that different. So, you know, if you're if you renting a, a three bed, two bed house, you know, like 1965 ranch, I have known a bunch of those. I rent those <laughs> for between 1500 and 1750 And And you go buy that, if I go buy, sell that house, it's like a 275 ish type house. In your payments, about nineteen hundred bucks. So, um, with there a seven seven and a half percent interest rate. So he's not wrong.
1: You know, I, I hope the people listening they yeah, get well, it. I hope
0: it, so. And what's crazy is is the one of the biggest problems. This is a weird tangent on the subject, but one of the biggest problems that kind of is facing the, the market right now is the low inventory. Whereas yeah, People people not, not wanting to sell. You know, being more mortgage handcuffed what you said earlier but then also I look around like where we live right this this was always like the town area we live in was always predominantly a single family resident not many businesses like uh what are they there's a term that bedroom community bedroom community there it is Mm -hmm. and now all of a sudden the past year any most of the new building in the area there's been what three new apartment complexes getting built Three new wow. apartment complexes, and there's row house, townhouse developments yeah. as well. Row, row house developments. We've so got a million of those. Dude. The new bit like okay, so if you're if you're a contractor, if you're a builder, what's gonna get you the most money and bang for your buck when people need places to live, you're gonna build apartment complexes because you could stack so many more people and so many more units on a small space than doing a suburban development, like a, a single family
2: neighborhood. Right. I mean, that, so so there's a little bit of that going on. That's true. You're, you're talking about density. And, and mm-hmm. you know, when you put more things under one roof, you have less cost per square foot. Right. Yep. So that's all facts. Um, another thing that has to be mentioned when you're talking inventory is all the institutional buyers who have entered the market. They've slowed down their buying as rates have gone up. They've maybe bought some investments, but... They pretty much consumed every property that they could get, and at least in our area, I'm sure in North Carolina as well. Uh, you know, sub 200 if they could get their hands on. And and when Mike buys his first house, you know that's a you know 200,000 house. In three to five years, he's going to be selling it, selling that house, and going and moving up. Well, that first time homebuyer house has essentially been removed from the market forever. Okay, so so Mike, it's when he's going to sell his first time house in three years, the institutional buyer comes and buys it and and it's essentially going to be a rental in perpetuity until that asset manager says. So the cost to reproduce a three bed, two bath split, if you're going to buy one of those, is now 400,000, as we discussed. So there's that gap that we're talking about. We're not replacing the inventory that was consumed by the institutional buyer. Does that make sense? Yep. So yeah. that puts pressure on, on the inventory piece. The inventory is out there and there's there's lots to be built on, but you, you better be, be prepared to spend north at 500000 in our market, which, you know, our market, let's consider last year when, when I achieved luxury status with Keller Williams. <laughs> uh, <a luxury laughs> yeah, you got your so, baller
1: logo? Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> I got the magazine I should bring in here for you, but um but that luxury status is like seven hundred and fifty thousand is what it was set at two years ago when we earned that recognition, right? So I mean, realistically, that's just a nice twenty five hundred square foot two story, three car garage house now where seven hundred and fifty used to get you a little more bang
0: for your buck, oh, right? Quite a quite a bit of bang for your buck. Right? Mm-hmm. In in our market. We're talking so is that, for
1: your market, is that where where did jumbo start? Like what's uh, the f- they just raised it, it. It
2: used to be uh six hundred and fifteen thousand. What did they raise it to? Seven and a quarter, I think. Yeah, so,
0: it's in the it's in the sevens. Yeah.
2: Gotcha.
0: Right.
2: But but yeah, the the jumbo market is To be honest with you, you get better rates there right now,
1: anyway.
2: Uh, (laughs) I want to encourage people to be buying in the jumbo market. So
1: (laughs) we'll say, like, you know, you talk about people people just need to be a little more aggressive when I think, anyways, when they're looking around in the market and they want to get into a home. I have a like a great short story of that is uh one of my wife's friends, they live a little bit further out, a little more land, and they want to move back into a little more like almost you know quote-unquote city kind of suburban, area, right? Yeah. So this lady, she's super, somewhat aggressive. <laughs> she's driving through a neighborhood, sees a house that she likes. She wrote the address down, went home, and wrote that person a letter and said, I'm I want to move out of my house by this time in 2024. Will you sell me your house? Oh, wow. And the lady said yes. The she said
2: no if you don't ask.
1: Is That's exactly what she says? She goes, you don't know unless you ask. And I'm like, you have some stones on you, and I applaud you because you drive by a million houses. you be like, wow, I'd love to live there, but they're never going to sell. Well, you got to ask them. That's they a little unicorn them. story. I 100. <laughs> it percent. It's story. a big <laughs> unicorn. <laughs> However, but you know what? It just made my head explode because you know people talk about the inventory, and and yeah, while you're talking about builders picking up uh, properties, or um, you know the REITs picking up investment properties, and Trying to, they own, Mike, we had an episode about that with a private money and the non-QM way back in like season one, I think it was a value name. They
2: really, the institutional buyers have really, really, really slowed down. I mean, almost they have now, yeah. in, in the Kansas City market, um, in the St. Louis market, it's, a, it's maybe, maybe one to 2% of the market, where it is probably almost 40% of the market at one point. Yeah.
1: And that's what we found, like when things were really humming along, like right after COVID and these guys were scooping up properties left and right, you know, when you compare those larger REITs and institutions versus like the private money, so to speak, investors like yourself, um, you know, those those institutions own something like 55 to 65% of across the country. You know, they're just gobbling them up left and it's right. It's kind of scary when you say it out loud. It, <laughs> yeah, it's real scary.
0: Because you know they're not going to go They're going to sit up. The so, got to take the power back. The people got to buy the houses, and that's who we're talking to. So, be funny, more you aggressive are- and get out there and buy that first house. I would promise you in a couple of years, you're not going to regret it. They're going to be, Schwo, thank you so much for encouraging <laughs> me to do
2: this. <laughs> I got an extra 50, 60 G's I wasn't counting on.
0: Yeah, so, it's happen. Th- Fake Schwo. Schwo knows. 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 So, we thought about I putting that on a t shirt.
2: As you're talking about inventory, that was kind of interesting. Um, You know, the short-term rental business, there's a lot of municipalities who are kind of extending that. And uh, a lot of these people paid, um, you know, for houses in a competitive market with, uh, you know, pro formas that were short-term rental, not long-term rental based, where short-term rental obviously make a lot more money on a monthly basis than you do a a long-term rental. So I can see a lot of those uh, STRs where communities are, banning them or requiring licensure and the only people who can get licensed or grandfathered in from being there already so that might be an opportunity for somebody who's driving around to find out Wait, where the owners are call those owners directly and be like hey i saw kansas city took out the you gotta you gotta have this this and this and if you don't have it I really like the house. I think it's great. And you can even go rent it for a week and <laughs> see if you <laughs> like it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. A- yeah.
0: But I'll I'll, hop on Airbnb the second you get the news and see what's listed in that town. And those are gonna be yeah. opportunities to buy yeah. houses. We gotta be gave- creative today's market. I-, I just gave myself a
1: listing idea of how to go find listings.
0: Look, you just
1: we're just helping you know. Hey, look, this you're not wrong though, because like we do a lot of STR appraisal. A lot, or a, a number of like non-QM private money, obviously, and there's been a lot more of those hurdles, if you will, over the last I don't know six plus months, coming from municipalities saying, "Hey, we only have X amount of licenses. This dude's coming from somewhere else. He doesn't have a license. Can't do it." Um, or they're just you know cutting them out altogether. They have to be an LLC. All of the things. Like there's a whole list of them. The um,
2: SDR game is a little bit of the Wild Wild West, right? A
1: thousand so, percent. It's not a little bit. It's a thousand percent. I don't know how they're underwriting. <laughs> yeah. It really is. But it's, there's it's a lot so, of owners who
2: won't to touch it. And, and the people who, but but from a people who own them standpoint, I think a lot of people got into it just because there was so many TikToks about owning SDRs and they don't even know what they're yeah. doing.
0: Poorly so managed. many TikToks. Like that, that would have been the push on my, and you know, I've watched TikToks like an adult. On Instagram, two weeks later, two weeks later, two weeks later on Reels, but yeah, it's just been like how to become, how to make five thousand a month. This is how I made ten thousand. I bought this property. I bought this property. I did this and I did that. And everybody's like, "Oh, it's easy," and it's like, "No, it's not. It's not that easy." So, you know, when you're coming to, when you're talking to a
1: client about selling their house, you know, are you providing any like tips or tricks for them to make it, you know, more attractive to get someone, you know, off the fence, so to speak? Oh, it's absolutely.
2: Yeah. You'd be amazed at what um, some new carpet and a fresh coat of paint can do to how the market receives your property. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, so we, we to me, it, everybody has their own appetite for what they're willing to do or not do. But uh, a lot of people out there, a lot of realtors like such as myself, and I know hundreds thousands probably have, have the same type of scenario where I have uh, relationships with different vendors. And we can go ahead and get you know a paint job done and carpet put in, and then um, you just sign a contract with the contractor. And and all of a sudden, when your house closes and when you pay them, usually the biggest hurdle uh, is is you know if it's it's, going to take ten or fifteen grand to get the house where it's at, but that's going to create you know thirty to fifty grand more in sales price. It's like yeah, I want to do that, but I just don't have the fifteen grand. You can. You, you got equity in your home more than likely in today's environment. And we just have the relationships we've built over time that allow us to kind
1: of cover that hurdle with a 0% interest type deal. That's okay. awesome. That is a very smart move. Yeah. business-wise make those kind of connections
0: that was one of those moments where you should be writing those down because yeah 100 uh, that is excellent like, advice right there because i you're will write to, that down if you're afraid to sell or think you're not going to get enough because like a, a railing is all worn and messed up or like something's wrong with oh know, i don't qualify for fha well, yeah, well,
2: in, we'll,
0: in about 10 minutes you will so yeah, get, get the work done before the house hits the market and yeah. You know, you know a good realtor like Mr. Priest over here. Well, I think if you're you're considering
2: selling your house, and you know you got a few, like, okay, I have raised a couple of young boys and two dogs, gone through two dogs. I need to make these updates. That's a good question to ask your realtor when you're interviewing. Try to decide who you're going to work with. Ask them, ask them those types of questions because. And then there's other times where I'll just say, "Hey, listen, I'm not willing to." recommend you spend a dollar if I can't get mm-hmm. you at least two bucks back, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh I think you can sometimes be a little more strategic, price it a little lower than maybe what the market is, and you almost create an auction effect if there's just more to be done than you know, just your quick fresh up, right?
1: So I wanna I want to buy a house with you now. Let's do it. it. Make you feel so uncomfortable. <laughs> um are you ready for some rapid rush requests? Is it some done? rapid what?
0: oh he's nervous. Look at his face. Yeah. Rapid rush request. Okay. Okay. All right, baby. Rapid rush requests. We need this appraisal back yesterday. It's a rapid rush, man. We need this thing now. All right, man. So I already know the answer to this question, and it's going to make Charlie very happy. We ask everybody, is it an Android or is it an iPhone? Which <laughs> are you
2: using? Uh, much to the chagrin of my wife and kids, I'm Android strong.
1: Team Green Dot, man, Nathan. It? It's a pleasure to meet you.
0: The
2: ruiner
1: of group. I, texts. I'm ruining group texts across the world. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Listen, that is our cross to bear now. I almost just like to do it on purpose. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. So, um, pretty pretty salty golfer here on the the it Depends um, on what day? <laughs> yeah, pretty no, pretty salty out there. Lefty too. He swings from the wrong side. Hey, this guy too. We're kindred
1: spirits, man. We are. This is awesome.
0: What? Um, Put, put together your dream golf foursome for me. They could be alive or dead. So you and three others, what is your dream golf? Ooh, that's a that's a deep one there.
2: I like to have fun on the golf course. And this is just off the off the hip, so I can't say this is what it would be for sure, but I got to start with my boy, Ethan. I gotta have- Oh,
0: bringing E-Money out there. Yeah, yeah,
2: we have too much fun. And then, uh just because I think it'd be really fun to watch everything, I would probably go with Schwo, another oh, guy yeah. on the podcast here, and John Daly. John yeah, <laughs> Round it out <laughs> with John Daly. Well, three
0: of us with John Daly.
2: Oh, just uh watching you and John Daly go back and forth would, oh would be worth the
1: price. You guys would it. be crawling off the course. Like uh you wouldn't
2: make it through. We'll be all right. We're still Season veterans. Ethan's got his driver's permit now, so we're good. <laughs> you yeah.
0: gotta be able to get home. Responsible will be responsible. He'll take us all home.
2: Yeah, it was probably, you know, everybody's expecting no Tiger, Jack, or
0: something, but no, I like to have fun out there, man. <laughs> so. so you played college baseball, correct?
2: I did. I did.
0: And you, if I remember correctly, from some stories, you played against one Albert Pujols. I did. So going through high school,
2: when I we played against each other. He Okay, it was he, in high school. Yeah, he went to Fort Osage. Um, um and I was in Raytown. And so we played each other twice during the school year. And then we had um Legion ball and we were in the same division as we were post 71 and they were post 21. So I played against him probably like 20, 25 times. And don't you don't you
0: have an Albert Poole story like a
2: complaint? I got or... I got a few good ones. So I thought I was, the, the first time I ever faced him, we'll just do this one, uh, I thought I was really good, right, lefty, I had a little bit of heat, not much, a little bit of heat, but I, I thought I was good, <laughs> and uh, we had heard poodles is amazing, whatever, but I hadn't faced him, uh, and he was the third batter, I had gotten the first two guys out, and then he comes up, and my catcher, good friend of mine, he's the best man at my wedding, whatever, he, uh, he throw, wants me to throw a curveball. I'm like, nah, man. I'm throwing <laughs> inside fastball. So so I pump a fastball in, and he hits the ball so hard. It, it never gets above my head, and I'm short. And it slams into the fence fast. And before it, like it hits and is rolling back, and before it hits, my, I turn around. My catcher, his name is Jeff, is on me. He's like, we are never throwing him a fastball again. So, <laughs> like, I, <laughs> knuckleball, I, I created a knuckleball just to try and throw something at him that he hadn't seen. But uh, he was a man amongst boys uh, for sure. And I always thought he would end up being great, but who knew he would go down as one of the best hitters ever? In my mind, he's one of the best hitters right. ever. Longevity.
0: Just, oh, yeah. So have you heard the rumors like that people people are almost convinced that they faked his birth certificate and that when he when he was in high school, yeah. he probably he probably graduated high school instead of at 18 years old, maybe like 22 years old or 23 years old.
2: Yeah. So, um, oh,
0: for real. That's a story. Yeah. He, it's it's, it's not it's, it's it's not not
2: real what you're saying. So um, where, where I ended up graduating from uh, my roommate for a while was uh, a center fielder for the team. He grew up, you know, at Fort Osage and post-21. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I think they've done a really good job of keeping that tight. Yeah. I can't prove or deny, but there there was a drunken night conversation. I was like, there's no way.
0: And, exactly. Yeah. Which Which, if you go to the end of his career, last season, he went on that hot streak. To get over 700 home runs. He's, 40, he's 43 years old right now. So, according to records. So, if he was really 46, 47, that makes it that's that even better. More, story makes, yeah, exactly. Makes it yeah. that much more impressive that he was that age and still cranking out homers there at the end. That's one. Yeah.
2: Now, Pujols was an absolute stud. All
0: right. So, this is a tough one. I've never asked this. You have to eliminate one and you cannot have it again. Okay. Pizza, cheeseburgers, or tacos uh probably
2: yeah.
0: I, guess, I don't I, guess, I
2: can't do it I guess
0: I guess I don't like your
2: question it's a tough one <laughs> isn't it? I guess tacos but then that, I guess eliminate tacos but I don't like those because burgers are so convenient right they got the grab and go at the course as you're making the turn
1: like how
2: do you I, I guess tacos for that absolutely silly question
0: <laughs>
1: No, that's a tough. We're gonna keep that one, dude. That's a yeah, good that's,
0: one. That's a good one. You know, I that's a. T- I like your rationale on it. Yep. Okay. Thank you, Nate. Unless you got any, any one, last message to the people. We appreciate you coming on, man. It's been good. Input. Don't live your life in
2: fear. Go out and do what's right in your heart. That's it. So, Amen. Charlie, like it's that. absolutely my pleasure to meet you, man. I hopefully no. you, you do make oh, it up yes. to KC. We'll try some barbecue and all Amen. the other fun activities Mike has planned.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> I know he's got it. He'll have a good list. Yes, we'll have a good we'll have a good time for sure. I'll get I'll get down there. All right, well, you guys go out and crush it the rest of the day. Okay, thanks, man. You too. You do the same, brother. Absolutely. I mean, oh man, that was a good that was a great guest. Good Nate episode. Dog
0: bringing it, Senor Nathan Priest. It's like uh, you know what? Did, what did Ice Cube say? It must be a sing. It must be a hit when Nate Dog singing on it. The there you track. go. Yep. This, this dropping is dropping bars back to, to Value Nation Gangsta Nation. It's from that song.
1: The nation. That is eventually going to be we're gonna pay for the rights for that. We need it, Jordan. We need, need it. Jordan. Nah, you Jordan. Don't. All right. Well, we hope uh we hope everybody enjoyed it just as much as we did. Go out and like and subscribe. Click that little icon for all the notifications to pop up when we're dropping some new episodes. Um, we got some new reels coming out on IG. We got Hopefully. lots of lots of little things to share this sprinkle one, into bro. your day, bring a yeah. smile to your face.
0: Share this episode. Share this. If you know somebody who needs to buy a house and you've been telling them, or they talk about it, share this episode. Maybe they get tell some, a friend, get some right. good up, get some good information from this one. I heard something that maybe he's going to sway him to, to pull the trigger.
1: Agreed. And if you're uh, looking in the KC market, we got a we got a realtor for you.
0: Nate Dog's the man. I'm telling you. I mean, he's I'm ready me. to buy. It. Let's he's go. Helped, he's helped me twice.
1: All right, man. I think that's a wrap. Thank you. Peace. Thank you. Peace.
0: No, thank you.